Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. It's 5 o'clock in the middle of the week, so you're on the other side of your week. Hope everybody out there is doing fine and dandy. I can't believe it's 49 degrees in the middle of January in Montana. I was driving around. I'm wearing my short sleeve golf pole. You're wearing a T-shirt. It's like, this is this is crazy. But hopefully we can provide some good distractions for what has been a heavy day for the world at large. Um, but we don't need to go there. We're going to stick it right here. It is Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SBX Montana Television. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can find it on the podcast. The podcast is available everywhere from Apple Music to iTunes to the TuneIn Radio app to Spotify, everywhere in between, anywhere you have your podcast. Just go and subscribe to the Nuanas Now podcast. You can also find it at our station website, 1029ESPN.com. The podcast is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Wingate by Wyndham right now, they have a great promo going on. So if you need somewhere to stay, you want to have a little getaway or you're passing through the city of Missoula, or maybe you're listening on the podcast and you're going to be making your travels to us from Montana. If you book two nights in January 2021, they're going to give you a free growler and a fill card to Big Sky Brewing. It's just right across the street there from the Wingate by Wyndham. Limit to one freebie per customer, and the rooms must be booked directly through the hotel. But make sure to tell them Nuanez and Rainey sent you. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, in studio with me. If you want to give us a call, 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. It's time now for our ESPN Roundtable. ESPN Roundtable, a long-form interview presented in part by Paradise Falls of Missoula each Wednesday at 5 p.m., as well as each Thursday during the noon hour. Uh, we always play that back for you as well. We usually try to feature prominent sports people from around the state of Montana, and guess what? We got one right here in studio. So our 
guest on the ESPN Roundtable is our guest host for today, Mr. Sean Rainey. We're going to be talking a variety of different things, mainly our top sports moments from 2020. We'll also finish our conversation about the top head coaching openings in the NFL. But first, Sean, I want to start with this. Your just immediate reaction to the news that Jeff Choate has potentially risen to the top of the heap as the potential replacement for Brian Harson at Boise State. Well, for <clears throat> look, when I come on here, we're going to be honest, right? This is going to oh, be an honest true. show. That's so to is. be honest, I'm like, no, I don't want it to happen just because covering coaching hires and fires and replacements and all that is like one of my least favorite things Makes, about my job. It, because it's it's, it's just, my favorite thing, but that's just because I'm weird. Yeah. But it is a headache. It's See, I don't, a headache. Yes, I, it's just, man, it's like, uh, now we got to figure out how we're going to cover it and who are they going to replace and blah, blah, blah. And, like, it, and then, you know, it takes away, especially like right now, once games are all ramping up and we're working on trying to do feature stories and cover games and stuff. It's just such a distract. Like, ugh. and then like everybody on the street that you pass is like, who are they going to hire? Or is he going to leave? Like, right. Ugh. So that part, like, I hope not. And, um, I also hope not because I mean, coach showed is awesome and he's awesome to, to, to deal with. Like yeah. his sound bites are great. He's a great coach. He's good for the rivalry, like all of that, you know? So like, and you know, Montana state fans obviously don't want him to go. Um, so selfishly hope he stays, um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. It's very interesting because I think he'd be great there. I think he's a great coach. It sounds like the fan base, it would be a harder sell to them because it's not as exciting of a name, but he might be the right fit. So it's going to be very in- interesting to see which direction Boise State goes. It certainly is, and we'll do a little bit more on this a little later on this week, too, because I do have some intel in terms of the way that this has all gone down. There is a lot of connections to the state of Montana from Boise State for a variety of different reasons, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But ESPN Roundtable interview presented by Paradise Falls. And Sean, where, where do you want to start? Do you want to, you want to talk about some of our favorite moments from 2020, or do you want to finish our conversation about the best head coaching openings? Let's wrap it up. Okay, let's wrap up the best head coaching openings. If you missed anything in the first uh, hour, you can always find it on the podcast, so we won't rehash all of that here. But we're ranking the six head coaching openings from worst to best in the NFL. And we both agree the Lions were the worst. We had some delineation over the Falcons, Lions, Uh, Jags and Jets, but then we both agree that the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, are the best opening. And, I mean, first of all, this starts with the guy that plays quarterback. Yeah, Justin Herbert. Been awesome. And I, as a Chargers fan, wanted them to take Tua over Herbert, and I couldn't have been more wrong, and I'm so happy that I was wrong. And, hey, what's what's the number to call in again? 361-3688. Okay, somebody call in and tell Coulter that he's wrong having the Jags second to last <laughs> and I have the Jags second to bet the second best and they could you know first day and somebody could call in and say how right I am and how wrong Coulter is so give us a call <laughs> or you can text us too or text if us you just say Coulter yeah, knows nothing let's do it show us the task um, but I mean that was our, our biggest difference there um, is the Jags I, I don't like their situation you don't um, the, the situation with the Texans is interesting with the quarterback but kind of bare bones after that but the Chargers have a chance if they hire the right guy, Brian Dable, in my opinion, the offensive, offensive coordinator for the, for the Bills. Bills yep. If they he's can, also had staffs on Bill Belichick and Nick Saban's staff, so yeah. he's got all the pedigree. I mean, if they can get a guy that will maximize Justin Herbert, I mean, you not only have a quarterback on a rookie deal who just had arguably the best rookie season of any quarterback in NFL history. But you also have a bunch of dudes on the team. Like they have, they've the Chargers have always had talent. That's they, never been the question. It's like it's true. They're always like the dark horse. Like they can make it to the Super Bowl, blah blah blah. And then they get hurt. They have bad coaching, and they're the Chargers. But if you can get the right coach and they stay healthy, I mean, they could be as good as anybody. And the worst part for them is that they're in the same division as Mahomes. So obviously that takes away a little bit. But I mean, they they're. They fix the offensive line, and they're pretty. They're they have no other holes, and they have all pro dudes in like a Keenan Allen, Bosa, Derwin James, right? Austin Eckler's awesome. Hunter Henry's great. Like they they could be really good for a long time if they do this right. The most uh, the most tried and true formula for winning the Super Bowl is to have head coach and quarterback continuity, a talented quarterback. Uh, at, at least a collection of serviceable, if not talented, skill guys, and then elite players at each of the three levels of your defense. 
there's very few teams that have coaching openings that are set up as well as the Chargers. They have an absolutely elite player at quarterback in Justin Herbert. I truly, given his contract and how short of a time he's been in the league, I truly think that he is, and this is not including the guys that are about to get drafted in the NFL, but I think that he is the, um, I would say he's probably the third or fourth best quarterback asset in the entire NFL right now. The only guys I would really take over him, and I, I, I might even take him over Aaron Rodgers for the long term, just because Aaron Rodgers yeah. is in his late thirties. I mean, it's Mahomes. I, t- I take Herbert. It's Mahomes over pretty much everybody. It's like Mahomes and Josh Allen kind of even, but I think that Herbert actually has more upside just because he's less volatile than Josh Allen. But then you look at the defensive side. There's very few teams that ever have a head coaching opening that has an elite edge player. The Chargers do in Joey Bosa. They also have another guy who can be elite when he stays healthy in Melvin Ingram. They also have a guy that I think. Fans around the NFL don't quite know how good he could be, but you you know, and if you watched Hard Knocks this year, you definitely know Derwin James is a real dude. So now you have elite players, both the front and the back. What's their linebacker situation like? Well, they traded up in the first round this last year to get Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. Right, right. and he's who really good struggled pro- initially, but yeah. he's a beast. He's, Very he's pretty good. Player, yeah. Like they, yeah, I mean, they have talent they, across the board. They have talent across the board. Yeah, so they, I mean. They, they, I'm telling you, they could be really, really good if they do this right. The only the issue is, I think they have bad ownership. Yeah, and they're kind of like the Clippers of the of L. A. You know, yeah. like they're, you know, they should have stayed in San Diego. They should have stayed in San Diego. Why didn't they stay in San Diego? I'm so perplexed it's by because they have bad ownership. Right, they have bad cheap. What ownership. were they chasing though? I mean, if money. Gonna, I money. guess, but if you're going to move to L. A., why are you playing at a soccer stadium? Money. Because because now they're playing in SoFi, yeah, and they're basically renters paying it to in a five billion dollar facility. Yeah, so yeah. it's just that that's but that's a big thing. Like bad ownership trickles down throughout the whole organization. I think that's one of the reasons why the Chargers have been so bad for so long is because they have bad ownership. Um, but I mean, roster wise, talent wise, future wise, I mean, everything is in place that if they get the right coach, look out. You like Brian Dable? That's a, that's a good choice for sure. Jason Garrett has been rumored to be no, interviewed for the job. I don't that would think be so. a disaster and not happening. Robert Saleh, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, what do you think of that? I, yeah, I like him. I mean, he would have I to. I like him, too. He, I still don't know if he's the right fit for what they need now. They got to go all in on Herbert, in my opinion. They well, got a higher offensive guy. I heard, like, if he got hired, he'd bring over what's basically, like, the second in line as the offensive coordinator for the for the Niners. Um, and I like the offensive scheme of the Niners. So if they could bring over that as offense coordinator or they could even keep their own offensive coordinator if they wanted. Um, what about- I, I like Sala though. I like, I like Joe Brady. Brady's like enemy. The enemy is good. What about uh, Harbaugh? I, uh, no, I like Arthur Smith, the Tennessee offensive coordinator. Um, I think Tannehill is pretty similar to Herbert as far as like physical tools, but I think he's better. Um, so I, I like Arthur Arthur Smith um, is in the top three for me, but I, I want Dable. Okay. It is the ESPN Roundtable. Sean Rainey joining me, Coulter Nuanas in studio. Let's get into some of our best moments of 2020. This has been a crazy year. Uh, <laughs> it seems like forever ago that we were sitting in my hotel room in Boise just watching the entire our entire lives fall apart in front of us just – Call and text from administrators and coaches, and oh, all of a sudden the tournament's canceled. All of a sudden, how are we going to get home? All of a sudden, we're doing the radio show on the edge of the bed. <laughs> it's <Yep>. like <laughs> me, you, Brooks, and Tutel. It's just a complete nightmare. But here we are now in 2021, and we have at least some sports back to cover. Um, but there was some good moments. I know that they were few and far between, but we're going to go all the way across the board. So uh, you start wherever you want to start. What's the first thing that pops in your head that makes you happy? I mean, it has to be just from a pure broad sport perspective it has to be your San Diego Potters have to be up there somewhere right yeah for sure um I'm, I'm gonna start local okay yeah, I like this I like starting local for sure um the Sentinel Spartans were a lot of fun football to cover recently at the end kind of you know towards the end of the year um I mean just because you know they were so good and Missoula hasn't had you know a dominant football team and hadn't won for so long and so, 26 years to be exact. And especially, you know, selfishly, with having no college football, it it was hard to get, like, you know, super excited about, you know, being a sports guy when there wasn't a lot of sports going on. And so to selfishly to have a, a really good football team from Missoula, be able to make that run and be able to for me to go over to Billings, cover the game, 
and then mostly like you know you get to know a lot of the kids and you're talking to them often and you know I, I've known you know like the Klusowicz family for a long long time family friends with them so it was really cool for me to see Jace do his thing there and, and win and and perform at the double-a level um you know so that was that was really really cool not only for sentinel but for all of them as well like i mean they you know it felt like they were representing you know the garden city as they made this run and so locally that was definitely one of the the cooler moments of 2020 certainly was yeah i I felt so bad for the spring sports athletes this last year because there was several of the best athletes, particularly girl athletes, that I've ever seen in Montana that didn't get a chance. I mean, like Lauren Hagen at Sentinel. Yeah. I mean, she had already broken multiple records. And she was about to put those things so far out of reach that I don't think anybody was ever going to break that triple jump record. And she doesn't get to compete. You know, now she's at uh, the University of Washington, or you know, like a, a Angelica Street from Columbia Falls. I mean, she she probably had a chance to make a run at that javelin record that she had already been threatening, and now she's at Texas A&M. So that was a bummer. Uh, for those young ladies to be certain. I love covering the Missoula Sentinel team as well. I thought all the kids were very high character, mature, and thoughtful uh, dudes, as well as being great football players as well. I have a question for you, though. You're from Southern California. You've been in Missoula for 10 years now. A little over 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. And been, Well, yeah, since 2007. 2007. Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. of college, right? Mm-hmm. So you've been doing your – you've been a quote-unquote professional yeah. uh, for about a decade, but you've uh, been doing it since ever since you moved here uh, for college. But you've covered a lot of prep sports, particularly in the last half dozen or so years. So from your perspective, what was the missing link for Missoula teams in general when it comes to football? Because it seems like Missoula has always been able to have competitive teams in almost every realm of everywhere else, but never in football. Why? Depth. Yeah. It's always been depth. They, a lot of these teams have had, you know, starting, you know, they're starting lineups and, you know, they have, you know, 11 to 15 guys that are really good and can compete, but right. once some of them start getting injured and stuff, and you just have no depth because, you know, you're talking about, you know, three of the smaller AA schools throughout the state. Like Big Sky is the I, smallest. I, I think that they're the small, the three smallest with the exception of Belgrade right now. Yeah, so, schools. you know, and then you have Loyola, you have Valley Christian. Like, there's just a lot of, you know, a lot of other schools where the pool of players you know, it's just a lot smaller in Missoula. So that, to me, has always been kind of the struggle. And then for Sentinel, like, you know, they had been knocking on the door for a few years. They have. Um, you know, obviously, there's going to be a lot of anti-Sentinel people that are going to say, like, the transfers pushed them over the top. But for me, it was they just they got more physical. They had always run the spread, and they could score points, but they were always kind of like a finesse team. Like, sure. Big Sky would always give them a hard time. Always. Because, and they just weren't physical. They weren't tough. Right. This team was tough. They were tough. They have, they have a lot of tough-minded guys, individual. Yeah, and a lot of those guys, you know, were homegrown guys that are on the, off, on the line and stuff. And so they, they got a lot tougher and more physical, and to me that was the difference for them. I'm not trying to stand up for anybody here, although I do have a, a great amount of respect for Dana Oliver and his coaching staff. But I'll tell you this. If you think that Sentinel's the only team in the history of the state of Montana that uh, quote-unquote recruited guys to come play for him, you are just flat wrong. I'll tell you this. Every single dude that was any sort of an athlete from central Montana, all along the High Line, all the way through the Golden Triangle and everything, they all were driving to Great Falls CMR during the heyday of the 1980s and 1990s to play for Jack Johnson. I promise you. Guys from Dutton, Power, Valier, Conrad, Brad Shelby showed oh, they're all coming to see him. But the thing is, though, is like that the school doesn't need to do the recruiting. Right. They're just good. So that's where, like, if you're going to play at that level, like for the, you know, Jace Kluswich, like he almost, when going into high school, wasn't sure because he lived out in Frenchtown, wasn't sure if he was going to go to Frenchtown or Sentinel right. from the very beginning. And then once you're like, hey, I kind of want to like challenge myself at the double A level, totally. well, you're obviously going to go to Sentinel at this stage. Just like if you want to play at the double A level for basketball, like, a lot of kids have been going to Hellgate like sure. because those programs have established themselves. So it's not like the schools necessarily are going out and like trying to pick and pluck and talk, but like, you know, if the kids want to go at that next level, they're just naturally going to gravitate to that program. Earlier in the show, we heard from Missoula Hellgate head coach, Jeff Hayes, boys basketball head coach. 
And uh, I know that Hellgate's run came to sort of a heartbreaking end one step away from the state championship. They did not get to actually play building Skyview, so they were officially co-state champions, but I think everybody around the state pretty much knows that that Hellgate team was definitely a team on the mission. But that was definitely one of my highlights of 2020 just because I, I did get to watch them three times live. I don't get to get out to a lot of prep games. I, a lot of times my evening coverage is relegated to Big Sky Conference stuff, but I did get to go out and watch the Hellgate team a couple times. But I also got to know those guys pretty well. I mean, Raleigh Wooster was a, a star in the state of Montana, to be sure. We had him on this show, I think, six times, and he was always very gracious with his time. But I also loved getting to know Abe Johnson, too. I thought he was a kid with great perspective. I mean, he, you know, a worldly guy, uh, a guy that had been all over the You know, he traveled a ton, and he said, hey, you know, I, I realized from traveling around that the world is a great place, but I also just love America, and so I want to be an athlete in the Army and what a decision to make. I mean, there's not very many guys that are saying, hey, I got multiple Division One offers. Send me to West Point. I mean, it takes a special kind of guy to be able to do that. So I thought that those guys, as talented as they were as basketball players, it was just really fun getting to know them, too. And, and I, tell me this. Uh, you interview uh, high school athletes a lot. It seems to me that like high school athletes, they're, they're, uh, they have like an accelerated level of maturity now. It seems like most guys you go put a mic on, like they're pretty good. Like They can have a pretty good conversation with you. I think it's just the day and age with technology and social media. Kids like, know, yeah, you're right. always like on camera. You're talking on Instagram. Right, like, right. I just feel like you just you get more comfortable speaking outside of like normal. Just like when you're having a conversation with somebody. Like when we were right. in high school, like we weren't. You're not <laughs> just being jackwagons. Yeah, but, <laughs> but we're never on our phone. Like no, we didn't have, ourselves didn't have a phone, and right. like yeah, that totally. kind of stuff. So like the, your only communication ever in your life is just talking to your friends and teachers and stuff. Right, right. So when, when someone throws a camera in your face or is like interviewing you, it's just, you're not, you haven't done anything like it at all now. Like it's just, you know, you're, you're doing so much of that kind of stuff. So it's just, I think it just comes a little bit more natural. Um, for sure. Along I, the lines though of, of Hellgate. Yeah. I think my single best moment. Yeah. Because we're, we've talked about, you know, covering some teams and stuff. Sure. Sure. Were the golden goat games between Hellgate and Sentinel mm-hmm. in Dahlberg arena. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Especially now when you think about no fans in the stands because yeah. it was absolutely packed. It there. was great. It was the sweet. Student sections were going nuts. We we did the games on SWX, and the girls' game was back and forth, came down to the wire. You know, the guys' game was you know a little bit out of hand, but like though that moment, like the school passion between the schools, the energy in the building, having it be at Dahlberg, like and and both teams were one and two in the division at the time when they when they played. Um, that was an incredible, an incredible game. And, you know, hopefully we can start getting that again soon. And hopefully we can also find a way to get big sky included in this thing as well. But like that moment, the golden goat moment was probably, you know, one of the coolest, you know, games and moments of the year. Yeah, in a, in a year that had very few great mo- like actual events and moments to actually attend, and certainly that was awesome. One of my favorite actual just moments, like events and moments that I attended, uh, was we, before the Big Sky Tournament, we flew out from Bozeman because the flights just happened to be cheaper, and it was senior night for both the Grizzlies and the Bobcats that weekend. The Grizz ended up getting swept uh, for their final home weekend, and, and we were not in attendance for Saeed Pridget and Kendall Manuel's senior night, but I was able to go to Harold Frey's senior night at Montana State. And um, the messing of culture has become such a hot topic and such a talked about thing in America right now. And it's obviously not the same meshing of racial lines like what has been such a such a fervent point of discussion around America. But I did think it was a, a really sweet moment for Harold Frey, a kid, a kid that had the courage to come halfway across the world from Oslo, Norway, to come play at Montana State. And they played him the Norwegian National Anthem before the game, and they had passed out about 500 shirts with the Norwegian flag on it to all the people in the stands and the student section and stuff. And just the standing ovation that he got... And the authentic emotion that he expressed, I mean, he was crying, and uh, it was just cool to see a kid that, you know, he he came from a long ways away, and his family had the trust for him to go to Bozeman and for him to have that moment, and then for them to actually beat a really good Northern Colorado team on Frey Senior night. I think he had 26 or 27 points, too. Uh, A really cool moment as well, and those are something, I mean, that's what we love, right? I mean, that's what we love the most is, is those moments of poignant emotion, and hopefully we can get back to it. It's Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television on our ESPN Roundtable, and just for the rest of this show, and every Wednesday from here on out, right here on Nuanas Now, 1029 
1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide, SWX Montana Television. Hi, everybody out there. Um, let's go big time then. The the least impeded of the sports flow has been professionally. We had some breaks for the NBA, but then it came back full force. And I have to say that, that I I fully buy the narrative that I think the NBA bubble, I thought that the, the championship the Lakers won is one of the harder championships to ever win in NBA history. The Sports Illustrated named LeBron James as one of their sports persons of the year. They named five athletes that really um, were outspoken and leaders during this crazy time, and LeBron James is one of them. But they had um, different athletes write essays about that athlete. And I would encourage anybody out there that gets Sports Illustrated or if you're able to, to go see it online, the article about LeBron James for Sports Person of the Year was written by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And it was phenomenal. Muhammad Ali is remembered with such reverence for all of the things he did, both in the boxing ring and outside the boxing ring. Bill Russell, for his time with the Celtics, as well as his time you know, as a social rights advocate. People forget about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sometimes. I mean, this was the guy that was, I think, inarguably the greatest college basketball player of all time. He was a guy that went from being Lou Alcindor to then you know, changing his name and his religion at the height of his fame. And he was always sort of an outcast because he just had this different way of operating. He was interested in different things than most of the athletes from his time. And I think that people forget about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in a lot of different ways, but specifically as a social advocate. So I'd encourage people to read that essay because it's amazing. He talks about what it's taken for guys like him and Muhammad Ali to build this bridge, but then for LeBron James to carry it on. So that was super spectacular. On a pro sports level for you, what was some of your best moments of 2020 um, just on a national level? Well, I'm a big LeBron guy, so obviously the whole, just the whole bubble experience is is just kind of cool to think back, especially after Kobe. Right. And, you know, the Lakers are, are cruising. They look like, you know, and especially, you know, LeBron's chasing the titles the legacy of MJ, all that kind of sure. stuff. And they're they're number one and looking great. It gets interrupted. Obviously the restart. And then they're you know, you're in the bubble and then all the you know, the uh social unrest is going on and so like all the cool images that are gonna last for a long time and go down in history from from those guys in the bubble, you know, really stand out. And then the play was actually really good. Um and I thought the NBA did a great job, and, and they allowed us to have some, some sports going on, and obviously the Lakers go on the run and, and win the whole thing. All of it, just you know, the Kobe, the pandemic, the social unrest, and the messages that they were trying to get across during, and the Lakers winning it was definitely up there as a special moment. On that note, the Boston Celtics, supposed to be in action right now, just walked off the floor. I was going to say, I bet something was going to happen today. Yep. And so uh, we won't get into all the details of what's going on. If you haven't seen it, I don't know what you're doing because it it hasn't been a great day on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., but uh, the Boston Celtics are uh, protesting. We'll see if that matriculates across to the rest of the NBA. Yeah, and we saw, I mean, it's been hard to ignore what's been going on. And on, you know, we've been scrolling through Twitter and stuff, and you see a lot of athletes talking about and expressing their opinions about what's going on today. So it is not a surprise to me um, that that this is happening. It's going to be interesting to see where it goes from here. Um, but, yeah, it looks like – and I would imagine, too, with – because when the Bucks did it in the bubble, they hadn't talked to any of the other teams before they did that, remember? So right. they had the shooting in Milwaukee. The Bucks just – decide not to play and it takes the whole rest of the NBA by, by surprise. And then, so they have the giant meeting and we thought for a little while that the the season was going to be canceled. Right. And you know, they thought that they wouldn't be able to get their, their message across when they're stuck in the bubble and and things like that. And so, um, I, I'm not shocked at all that the, uh, that, that is what is going to happen in the NBA tonight. Um, some other national things that kind of pop out, um, to me that aren't necessarily like specific to me. Like obviously like the Padres making the playoffs for the first time forever was awesome. <laughs> and but then, like and this great run they've had the last couple of weeks with all these trades they've been making too. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, I think Sarah Fuller making a kick and being the first female to, mm-hmm. you know, play in a game. 
uh, the Marlins hiring Kim Ng as the first um, mm-hmm. GM in, in baseball. Like we broke a lot of barriers. We saw coaches for the Giants, and you know, and then we've seen uh, you know coaches in for the 49ers and stuff. A lot of females diving into sports, which was really cool to see. For me, I, one that was just I just always remember because we had no sports going on for a long time. I just remember how special and awesome the NFL draft was. Mm-hmm. Because remember, at that point, we had gone so long with nothing. That was nothing. like before the restart of everything. Right. And the NFL draft like allowed us, like that was like the first escape. Mm-hmm. The first sports escape that a lot of us had. Yeah. Because there nothing was going on for so long, and there was nothing to talk about. There was nothing to look forward to. There was nothing to watch. And, and seeing where all the coaches were like in their own mm-hmm, homes mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like it was all, it was like better that, than it normally was that it was, was so the cool. be- that was the best part about it was the yeah. humanizing version of it i mean you see bill belichick sitting in his little like cottage by the yeah, sea Cliff or whatever he's got this like mansion <laughs> yeah. and like you know like and it was also so cool because even no matter how big of a draft prospect you ever are going to be you can always bring your parents and your girlfriend or whatever mm-hmm. to the draft but you can't bring your whole crew and so you got to see in a lot of cases you know there there'd be a lot of people there for the people to celebrate. You know, they had their whole families and their whole exterior networks there and stuff, and you got to see that whole element of it as well. I thought that part was and, great, too. And I just remember, you know, the probably the seven days, like a full week, like, leading up to it, I was in a better mood because it, like, gave me mm-hmm. something to look forward to. And I think, you know, that just shows, like, that's what sports does for people. Like, it just gives us an outlet, and we had gone so long without it. And the days before leading up, I remember I was like so excited. And then afterwards, like the first round is obviously just one night. And so it gave us something to talk about and you read all the draft grades. And like, that was just like the first escape of the year after that long, brutal stretch. And so like the NFL, that NFL draft, I'll always remember and always remember like the special feeling and outlet that it gave me when we were in such a weird time. (laughs) No question. Sean Rainey. ESPN Roundtable. But don't worry, Sean's not going anywhere. ESPN Roundtable, proudly presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street, one of your go-to spots on the south side of Missoula. And they're excited to welcome back their prime rib night. It's Wednesdays. It's tonight. They already started slanging that thing at 4 o'clock, so they've already been giving out the prime ribs for about 90 minutes. They're going to serve it until close, which is 10 p.m. as of right now, usually midnight, but 10 p.m. as of right now. Or until the thing's sold out. So you better get down there because I guarantee you that those puppies are going to go pretty quick. They've already been serving it for 90 minutes. $16.95. That's a great deal for a 12-ounce hand-cut prime rib with au jus, horseradish, baby baked potatoes, and salad. Paradise Falls, 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers. Ample room to spread out and social distance even while you're eating out. One of the only places in Missoula you can find breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Talk a little bit of Grizz Hoops on the other side. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana, joining me. Coulter Nuanez, it's Nuanez now. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Welcome back. Nuana is now. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide SWX Montana Television. If you want to find us on social media, you can. You can go to the website, 1029ESPN.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Facebook backslash ESPN Missoula, or you can find us at SkylineSportsMT.com. That's where you go for all your up-to-date Big Sky Conference news, particularly pertaining to Montana and Montana State. You want to follow us on Twitter? at Coulter underscore Nuanez, that's N-U-A-N-E-Z, or you can go at Skyline Sports MT or at 1029 ESPN. What's your Twitter handle? Is this just, just straight up Sean Rainey? Sean Rainey. Right? Sean yep. Rainey with a U, Sean with a U. Rainey, he's got a bunch of updates for you too, particularly when it comes to game coverage for 
all of the sports in Montana, whether it's college level, high school level, or everything in between. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana joining me in studio, and this will be a every Wednesday thing. We're definitely excited for it. Time now to break down a little Grizz hoops. The Montana men's basketball team got off to their first 0-3 start in Big Sky Conference play since 1997. All three games decided by a single possession, a pair of one-point losses at Southern Utah the first weekend of December, and then a two-point loss on Saturday afternoon to Northern Colorado. And then all of a sudden, Montana's in another one-possession game on Monday morning, a Monday morning of all things, all places, all tips. What a weird thing that was in itself. But that's kind of the standard operation. Weird is the new norm here uh, as we continue to operate in unprecedented times, to be sure. But... Sean, it comes down to it, and then the Grizz, they were able to go on a little 11-2 run to rally back against Northern Colorado, take a little bit of a lead. The lead slips away, but then they run a a nice little play, and they get to the third option. Josh Bannon hits a 15-footer with 4.9 seconds left. Then the Grizz get a steal, and they're able to salt the game away, and they win that thing 56-54 for their first conference victory, and they avoid their first 0-4 start in Big Sky Conference play since 1970. Before we get to your overall take on the Grizz, even though it's, you know, you're talking about three losses by this total of four points and only one win by two points, is that a moment that could help this Grizz team turn the corner, in your opinion? Yeah, for sure. And I think the draw that they got to start conference play was about as bad as it could have been for Montana because they're so young. You got to go on the road to take on Southern Utah, who's one of the better teams, one of the more experienced teams in the conference. I tweeted out before the series, I was like, this is they're catching Southern Utah at a bad spot here because um, they're they're they were experienced and they've struggled with them as of late. Northern Colorado, one of the other better teams in the conference and more experienced, and they had a chance to they could easily have gone four zero. Um, I think Grizz fans that have been watching these first four games sometimes, and you and I have been texting during these games. Some of it looks a little clunky and has been been kind of frustrating and hard to watch at times. And then other times you see these spurts with these true freshmen and these true sophomores. And you're like, man, they're going to get Brandon Whitney and Robbie Beasley and Bannon and Owens and Carter Hollinger and Vasquez all together for three more years after this. And for those true freshmen, uh, four more years together after this, you know, assuming that they use their extra eligibility, like, they could be special. Like, they could rival the... They, the, the this is a big statement. They have the potential to rival what was that class of Michael Ogine, Ahmad Rory, and Jamarco, and uh, Bobby Moorhead. Like, that group. Like, they, they could... You could see it where, like, hey, if they keep improving, they could, they could be that. But at the same time, you know, you're watching it, and you're like, man, this is just... This is hard to watch sometimes. And it's not, you know... Obviously, Coach DeCure has been amazing here. He's an amazing coach. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm not criticizing or saying, and and obviously he knows what he's doing more than anybody else with his personnel. But that also doesn't mean that like, you know, that doesn't mean that we're not allowed to be like, well, they maybe could do this and it might help, or they maybe could do that and it might help. Well, here's, exactly, you know? here's exactly where I'm at from that element. I think we would both agree that the talent on this team is very apparent. They have, they have talented players, <laughs> young, talented players at that. Travis DeCure runs as stringent and defined of a system as that I've ever seen in terms of the demands that he has for his guys and the, the, uh, execution that he demands from guys on a a game-to-game basis. Right now, here's a stat for you. Of the, I think there's 347 Division I teams right now. I think Montana's 322nd or 323rd in uh, length of possession. So in other words, the Grizz are averaging about 21 to 22 seconds per per possession, which is uh, a long time when it comes to college basketball. So very very few teams play, quote-unquote, slower. They're trying to get through their offense all the time. He, You can tell that DeCure and his staff have said, you know, unless it's a really obvious fast break, which they haven't really even had one yet so far in conference play, we're going to just bring the ball up the court, and we're going to back it out, and we're going to run our stuff. We're going to run through it, run through it, run through it. So I think this is a double-edged sword here, right? On one hand, I think that when you have a young team, keeping it simple and maybe taking the reins off could make them flourish a lot more and make the product look a lot more pretty, for lack of a better word. But on the other hand, 
you're beating the system into these guys now, and by the time that they've been repping this thing for three to four years, they're going to be a well-oiled machine. So I, I want to know your take on the fact that this is a zero year, so these guys are going to have their freshman year all over again at this exact same time next year. And so by next year, you have to think that the things will start to smooth itself out. And, you know, a couple of years, then all of a sudden they are, are going to look like a pretty efficient um, uh, operating team, both on offense and defense. So, I mean, I, I guess what's your thought on the give and the take? Because they, they could look a lot better right now, but does that actually make them better in the long term if they're going to maintain uh, the stringent nature in which you coach with? Yeah, and I think it's a trust factor. I think you... Mm-hmm. You know, Coach Secure is so big on like trust. Like he, like he will put dudes out there that might not be the better player or might not be. But if he trusts you, like you're gonna play. And I, I asked assistant coach Jay Flores about this because he did the Northern Colorado scout and we called the game on SWX. And I was like, I was like, I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I wish you guys would just get up and run more. Like it seems like your personnel is suited to get up and run and play fast. And he goes. Yeah, I see what you're saying. He's like, but also when you have that many true freshmen and that many true sophomores, sometimes when the when you start playing fast, that's when you start turning the ball over and you get more mistakes and things like that. Whether you agree with that or not, like that is the what they believe, you know? And so I, I think that we could see them because they pushed. There were times like with Ogine and Rory, like I remember like they get rebounds and they would go, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's more of just like a trust factor and, and knowing – when to pull it back, when not to, and, and leaving that trust with the player. And I don't think that, you know, Coach Jakir has that trust in a lot of the young guys yet as far as them being able to manage the game more on their own without him making sure that they're going to play a certain style in a certain way and, and get the certain shots that he wants. Because shot selection and shot type is very important to him. And... So I think he likes being in control of that with young players. The thing is, we can say that these are all the other things that could make it look more appealing, or that they could loosen some of the pressure on some of the young guys. But it ain't changing. This is this is the way that they're going to operate. Well, and, and if they if they come out on the the right end of all these close games, and they're four and zero. Like sure. nobody's it doesn't matter. Like nobody's saying anything. Nobody's really you know complaining all that much. Sure. And it's not like you know like I'm. I am f- fully trusting in in DeCure to figure it out and that their offense will get better and they're going to win some of these games. Complete trust, because you have to, because he has proven that he knows what he's doing and that this team, I think this team, at the end of the day, is going to be there competing for a Big Sky championship if and when we have the tournament and all that kind of stuff. Well, and particularly when you're talking about a neutral site tournament, I think that person making a bunch of invisible men for all I care. If you're talking about a neutral site tournament, I think that Travis DeCure is the favorite in that tournament in this current set of coaches in the Big Sky Conference until proven otherwise. I mean, he's been to the championship game uh, in his seven years at the helm at Montana. He's been to the championship, I guess, six previous seasons. He's been to the championship game four times. He's won the last two. Uh, I, I just think that if you put, get Trav on a neutral court, they're going to figure out a way uh, to get it done. Um one more, one other thing I wanted to ask you. Um, it seems to me that regardless of the, the growing pains that all the young guys are going to go through and the role definition that they continue uh, to try to, to find, the one part of the team, the, the one personnel portion of the team that has to be solid is Michael Stedman. Mm-hmm. They need Stedman. Yeah. There, there's uh, all these other guys that are competing for minutes and roles and all these things. No, they need Stedman to be a 30 minute per game guy that's going, you know, 18 and 8 every single game, right? If he is the Michael Stedman of the first matchup against Northern Colorado. Right. Where he played, Montana, 15, where he played 15 minutes and scored four points. Montana is the sixth, seventh best team in the conference. Sure. Like they're a middling team. If he is the preseason all big sky player that we voted on and the guy that we saw in the second matchup against Northern Colorado, then they are going to compete for a title because I mean, when you look at coach DeCure's teams, I think we all think that he's like, he's known for having like really good guards mm-hmm. and he was a guard and sure. he's brought in good guards. But 
when they've been good, it's because they've always had a dominant big guy. Well, and and, and, Groenig, oh, and, and the, the offensive system comes from Stu Morrell. And, Stu and it Morrell, runs through it. And that's what it is. I mean, yeah. it's the Stu Morrell high-low that then Blaine Taylor ran and Larry Kostowiak and Wayne. I mean, the system, a lot of the, the broad s- strokes of the system have remained the same since the 80s, really, at Montana. Yeah. It's the system that Trap ran when he was a player. Yeah, and I mean, and then they ran through it with Saeed Pridget last year, even though right. he wasn't a Churchill big man, but he could do that. And so you can't rely on... While Kyle, Kyle Owens is taking a huge step in his sophomore year, like you can't rely on dumping it into him into the post consistently and him to get the job done when Stedman is struggling. Like you need Mike, Michael Stedman is the X factor on this team, plain and simple. And I, I, I he's surrounded by a lot of young guys, and we're it's just going to be how the season's going to be for Montana. They're going to look really good at times, and they're going to look pretty clunky at times. And a lot of that is, you know, they they just played. You know, two teams that are you know pretty tough, play good defense, sure. and are going to make it hard. Like if if Montana looks like this offensively, and they lose two games to Northern Arizona coming up, mm-hmm. then uh, then you're like, oh man, what? A, it might be a real struggle. But I would expect them to look a lot better offensively against Northern Arizona on you know coming up on you know January 14th or whenever it is, mm-hmm. um, in in that two game series versus the Lumberjacks. What is that? 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television, SWX Montana Sports Director Sean Rainey joining me in studio like he will every Wednesday. I know Sean wants to get a crack at some NFL picks against the spread, so we'll send you home with that right after this. Golter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the wind gate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the wind gate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Welcome back. Nuana is now born to be wild. 1029 ESPN Missoula statewide. SWX Montana Television. If you missed anything in the show, you can check it out on the podcast. The podcast proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications as well as the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel podcast available on all your podcasting platforms as well as on our website, 1029ESPN.com. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana Television has been bringing it home with me. This will be an every Wednesday thing, so make sure you tune into Nuanas now. Every Wednesday with Sean, every Monday and Tuesday with Riley Corcoran, every Thursday with a variety of guests, whether they're guest hosts or just guests that we're interviewing. And then Friday, I'm going to kind of leave it as a... Uh, Mystery. It's going to be like a mystery door. But this Friday, it's not a mystery. Ooh, Kyle Sample coming on by. Uh, but we only have a few minutes left, Sean. I know you want to get a crack at some of these NFL games. So you and I recorded our Make It Raining podcast. Sean has that in his email, so he'll have it uploaded for you here in short order uh, pretty shortly here. But just six NFL games this week, three on Saturday, three on Sunday. Let it roll. Let me know what you think. All right, we got Colts and the Bills. The Bills favored by six and a half. Uh, I like the Bills here. I kind of like the Colts in the first half, but I think the Bills are going to get the job done. I mean, they're rolling right now, both sides of the ball. Uh, give me the Bills, minus six and a half. Rams, Seahawks, three and a half points are is Seattle favored right now. Goff is questionable, but I saw a video today of him practicing. Looked pretty good, um, but I still like Seattle in this spot. I think it's going to be close, going to be low scoring. The field goal, who knows? It could be tied, and a field goal could be the difference. It's at three and a half now. I'm still going to go with, with Russell Wilson in Seattle in this one and lean that way. Tampa Bay, they are eight-and-a-half-point favorites on the road, taking on Washington football team. This is probably a pass for me. I think Washington could probably cover in this situation, but they're definitely not going to win the game, and so it's like, can they cover? 
probably a stay away for me on this one. Baltimore Ravens are three, three and a half point favorites on the road, taking on Tennessee. Not very often that you get a big road favorite here when it's not, um, you know, a divisional situation um, like Washington. I like the Ravens here. I think they're playing really well on both sides of the football. They are. Tennessee is horrible. Five straight wins coming in the playoffs. Tennessee is horrible defensively. They are. And I know they beat Baltimore earlier, but that was a different Ravens team. I think Lamar Jackson's getting pretty comfortable at the quarterback position, especially if this gets to three. I really like Baltimore and going to take them. Chicago taking on New Orleans. The Bears, nine, ten-point underdogs, depending on where you're looking at it. It's at nine on sports bet. This one is tough because, okay, Vegas, the house, they're going to set a line, and they're going to make money, mm-hmm. Okay. And a lot of people are going to back all these favorites. So far, we've been kind of riding some favorites here. Mm-hmm. I, I lean towards you know the Washington football team. I'm going to lean towards the Bears here because I just think the house is here to make some money. So what number can they put it at where they know or have a good feeling that they think that the Bears can cover and they're going to beat the general public who all of them are going to be on the Saints mostly. So I kind of lean towards Bears here. Um I don't know if I'll play this game, but I would lean Bears. I And I kind of lean Browns in the Browns-Steelers matchup. That game has gotten all the way up to six. It opened up at three. Browns obviously having a lot of COVID issues. They got a lot of coaches going on. Uh, Coach Kevin Stefanski's out with COVID. They got offensive linemen, a starter out, some other players out. Um, this line is starting to move up and up and up. If you, I think it might even get to seven and over a touchdown. And if that's the case, I like Cleveland here. But I think every single favorite is going to win. It's just trying to figure out which team that you like is going to cover. I would lean towards the Browns, Bears, and Washington to cover. And uh, those are my picks for this weekend. Best of luck. You're always pretty darn good. Shameless brag for Sean. He did win our uh, friendly competition of the Make It Rainy podcast for the 17 weeks of the 2021 NFL season. Rain Man, it was fun. I can't wait to have you back, and uh, we'll keep on doing it every Wednesday right here on Nuanas Now. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana Television will be sitting in the chair tomorrow. That's a Thursday. Danny Sprinkle, head coach for Montana State, is going to join us, as will Brooks Nuanas from Skyline Sports for a Big Sky Conference breakdown. Also have some sound from Montana head basketball coach Travis DeCure. And much, much more. We'll see you then. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.